lifted up and honoured in this place. Lord, thank you that you are with us. Thank you, God, that you speak to us. We open our hearts to you right now. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Please be seated. Church, it is my absolute privilege here this morning to introduce you to our guest speaker, Peter Gibbs. He's going to make his way up here. But also, I am so glad that his wife, um, Janelle, has been able to spend the weekend with us here as well. Could we really welcome Janelle? It's been so lovely to have you. Really glad that you could be with us uh, here this weekend. Great to have you. A little while ago, we were reading, there's a magazine article in the Eternity magazine, and also we saw... Faith Runs Deep, Carl Fazer's series, which many of you might be familiar. And we heard a little bit of Peter's story. And a few of us in the office thought, wouldn't it be amazing to have Peter come and share? And we just put out this little invite. And we were so excited when he thought, yep, I'm coming. I'm glad to be with you. He didn't know us or anything like that. Very trusting, great heart. We're so glad, so pumped to have Peter with us. And then I Zoomed him. And we were chatting about, you know, the men's ministry and things. And I said, oh, I love this guy. He is so humble. I could see just he loves Jesus. Um, this is going to be an amazing weekend. So really thankful that he came. And then I heard, like, apart from all the amazing things in, your sto- in his story that you'll hear, he was a rugby league player. And he, he played for Australian school. Boys. And I thought, who, who is this guy? He's even more amazing than I realised. And then I looked at him and he said, I said, what position do you play? He said, oh, centre or fullback. I thought, this is, this is Latrell Mitchell in his heyday. Amazing, amazing guy. But we've had a wonderful time. And I just want to say thank you, Peter. I am grateful. We are grateful for your heart to come. We're grateful for your heart to share with us. We're grateful what God has done in your heart. And we are so grateful that you would come and share that with us. We are so thankful. So as a church, I want you to give me a really, really big welcome here this morning. Thank you so much, Peter. Bless you, brother. Uh, good morning, uh, Bridgman uh, Baptist. Uh, greetings to you from Dubbo. Uh, has anybody been to Dubbo? Uh, leave your hands up if you've been to the zoo. <laughs> That's usually what we're known for. Uh, we bless you. Thank you so much for the invitation to come uh, and share with you this morning on Father's Day. Uh, bless all of the dads. Bless every dad. Uh, and as Pastor Andrew said, you know, on some days like this, it's a day when we reflect on our dads and uh, uh, some, we've lost them. Um, I still have my dad uh, in my life and I'm, I bless the Lord for that. There are other father figures uh, in my life that we don't, no longer have them, but their legacy lives and burns in my life every day. And that is something that I will always hold on to. And they taught me lots, uh, principles of life, like hard work like protect your family, feed your family. If you don't work, you don't eat. All those things, uh, they're biblical principles as well. Uh, and our families weren't Christians. There's something special in that. Uh, my name is Peter Gibbs, uh, and that may uh, not mean anything to you. Uh, I've got a few moments to share with you, and I don't really, uh, won't be too bothered if you don't remember my name, but if you remember this, Jesus saves That is the only thing, I think, that I would like you to remember. Uh, I want to share with you a story uh, about my life and a testimony that uh, really is about what Jesus has done in my life. Uh, Take me from the rack and ruin uh, and the the point of suicide uh, 
to bring me to where I am here, standing in front of you, my friends, to share with you the good news. Jesus is real. And God is great. Let me tell you, if you're a grandmother, put up your hand if you're a grandmother. You are special. You are special. And I know this is Father's Day. But grandmothers, you have a special place on this earth. And in my life, grandmothers on both sides have played such an important role. And it's such an important legacy because they kept one of them particularly, who I will allude to in my, in my talk with you, a Christian faith and a legacy she left. The only regret that I possibly have is that she didn't stay for another few years to see her oldest grandson surrender his life to the Lord she spoke about. So don't ever stop praying for your children and your grandchildren. And if you're a grandmother, these words will not come back void. Hold on to that. That is the truth. And what he starts in us, he will finish. And you are a part of that. And this story is a great example, I believe, I don't boast in anything, I boast in the Lord. And we as men, we find it very difficult to be humble. I'm six foot four, full of nothing. I did play fullback. I wish I'd have stayed in the centres. You don't look like this by playing in the backs. <laughs> I met a great Queenslander called Arthur Beatson synonymous with rugby league, synonymous with Aboriginal achievement, and he assisted me in my professional football career. I come from a little remote community in western New South Wales, uh, about 300 people when everybody's there. I'm born on the banks of a river with tin shelters, built by the hands of my family, the eldest in the community was a, a great man called Jack Orchard. He was my great-grandfather. He had 13 children. Now, you could imagine if some of those questions that was asked this morning, <laughs> what's the birth dates of your children, let alone the shoe sizes? He fathered generations. They built that back country on agriculture. They, we learned how to shear uh, very quickly. We became very well known for our work on the, in the agricultural industry. So our families were built on the back of hard work. There's no welfare there in his time. Unfortunately, when I was born, I was born in 1966, so I'm well known for decimal currency, referendum the year after, grogs entering our community. It's when violence started to be very prevalent we were a remote community, 60 mile out from the nearest police station. It wasn't utopia, my friends. Just ask the women and children of that generation, which I am one standing in front of you today. The gospel was there in my community because my grandmother prayed for us every day. She read the gospel to us. 
She sang hymns to us every day. I remember the choruses like she's, like she's standing next to me today singing them. And when the world was going devastatingly outside, she kept us inside, locked doors, in her bed sometimes, praying for us. And when the missionaries came to our little community, they weren't allowed into the compound. The leaders of that time didn't want the gospel inside the community. So the women, all women, no men, walk with their, us as children across the road onto a big clay pan to sit and be encouraged by the missionaries. And in that time, I got to understand as I look back the importance of that heritage, that Christian heritage. But as we all know, if you come from a Christian home, It's not going to find your place in heaven unless it's a personal decision. It's a personal choice. And I'll get to that along the way. Friends, I think all of us, all of us, have a time in our life when we will come to where we need to make a decision. I allude to it as a T-section or a give way sign, whatever you want to describe it as, there's a place or a crossroad. And we've all, every one of us, will have that experience. I came to my decision about following Christ in 1997. 1997. Who was born in 1997? Got any hands? Born in 1997? Not too long ago. My sister, Fiona, died in police custody. And if you've done any research into Aboriginal people and police, you'll find that we don't have a good history together. Deaths in custody in our country, they needed a royal commission in 1988 because of the amount of deaths of Aboriginal people in police custody. I happened to be playing football in Sydney with the greatest football team on earth, the mighty, South, the, the mighty Roosters. I know all of you are Roosters supporters and that's great that, um, that it's a criteria to join Baptist, uh, the, the Baptist church. While I was there, there was a royal commission into Aboriginal deaths in custody. So as a young man, I, I took a lot of interest in that. Not knowing that some years later, I myself and my family would experience a death in police custody. Further to that, this death was in our own community. A small, remote, western New South Wales community. That was my crossroad. I was a young man with a young wife, a couple of little daughters, unsaved, already angry. What else do you need to light the powder keg? 
I went back home to my little community after Fiona's death and was asked a question by some people there. They wanted our permission to burn that community to the ground. This little community, just 10 years before, in 1987, had a death in custody in the same police station. And on that occasion, that's exactly what happened. 10 years later, in 1997, we were asked to do the same. Put this into context, my friends, I was not saved. My dad is not saved. There's no member of my family who was saved. We're already angry, very confused, very upset. Because in this little town, we have family on every street corner. There's not one street in that little town where we don't have somebody who could have assisted my sister that day. My dad and I looked those people in the eye and said, we don't want anything to come from Fiona's death. It was already a tragedy, and out of her tragedy there will be a positive. At that time, we had no idea what that might be. Right in the midst of all of that anguish, there was peace. Over the next couple of years, dealing with the death of my sister, the continual torment from my own family telling me that police had killed my sister. What was I going to do about it? I was the eldest in the family. What is my responsibility and obligations to my family? It's a pretty heavy burden to carry, my friends. If you're the eldest in your family, no matter where we come from, there is an extra responsibility. But also the care of my little sister. Because we lost our mum when my mum was 28. She died of cancer. Our little family never ever lived together under the same roof again. And here we are. My sister is also 28. She also has four children. It's a sad state of affairs. But we stood between wrong and right. We stood on the principles of what we were raised with. We are a very respectable family because of the history of our work and our commitment to our community. But it was a burden to carry because I was still angry. And I was frustrated that my sister could die such a preventable death, leaving behind her four little children. Amidst of that, in 1997, Janelle and I, our year in 1997 went like this. Janelle lost her dad in March. We got married in June. My sister died in July. We had our first daughter in September. In any terms, that's a pretty tumultuous time for a young couple. Janelle got saved during that year. 
Why? Because she had an auntie, a faithful servant of the Lord, spoke into Janelle's life. And while she was carrying our little, our first baby, Shari, Janelle got saved. Praise the Lord. Praise the God for, for auntie. So if you're an auntie, just like grandmothers, there's a special place for you in heaven. Don't ever stop praying for your loved ones. Don't give up on them. It wasn't long before the burden of what I was carrying, functioning, functioning citizen by day, but broken-hearted by night. And I know that many of us are like that. Particularly men, we hide that in the quiet time. That's when we show our brokenness. We don't want anybody else to see it. And at the time, I was a rugby league player in my own community. Supposedly the big, tough front rower. Supposedly that facade that we try to have. But inside a broken man. So one night, I said good, goodbye to my beautiful little girls. Kissed them in their bed. Kissed my wife. I found a place on the highway in my car. I made the calculated choice to drive into a truck because I lived on one of the most busiest roads through New South Wales. And if you're going from Brisbane to Melbourne, you'll be on that highway. Even in my time, it was calculated around a truck would pass in every eight minutes. Today, that would be around 30 seconds. So I knew it wouldn't be long. However, there was no trucks. Think about this. A truck goes past every eight minutes. I was there for 40 minutes, no trucks. I'm often reminded now, if he held back the waters of the Red Sea, he'll hold back trucks on the Newell Highway. No trucks, my friends. It was a time for me to start to listen and remember what my grandmother spoke to me about. It was a time for me to reflect on my wife and my little girls and some other the people prominent in my life who's trying to speak into me because they could see that I'm going out of control. And even my football coach, even my football coach, a man who's not saved, just somebody who's close to me and could see that I've got so much to contribute. So if you're a football coach, you don't have to be the pastor of the local church. You don't have to be the pastor of your church.
I drove home that night, back to my little family. A few days later, my wife and I, my little girls, we jumped in our car, we drove back to my family, my uncle and auntie who were pastoring a little church in a place called Burke. And if you've heard of New South Wales, you would have heard of Burke. Well, in that little town was a little church. I went with my uncle. He was just getting the church started. We're about an hour before the, it's ready to start. And he was on his guitar and he was up the front practicing a song. It was written by a Queensland man, an Aboriginal man, Pastor George Mann. It was a song about running from Jesus. It was, Jesus, you stop me from running. So picture this. He's just on his guitar, practicing a song. I'm in the church, the only person in the church, with older my little daughter, just a few months old, and he starts to sing this song. And remember, just a few days before, I'm in that car. I got up, walked towards him, and surrendered my life to Jesus that day. I said to my uncle, I said to uncle, I can't do this anymore. I can't handle the burden and the weight. Twenty-five years later, I've been serving the Lord and I bless him for it every day. Whilst I was in that car, he was there with me. He yelled back those trucks. How did I, or something, wasn't a, wasn't a traffic control bloke down the road telling the trucks to stop. There's a major incident up ahead. I reflect on these things almost daily. And on this particular day, on this particular day, I'd be, my daughters and my grandkids would be feeling today their pop is not here or their dad's not here because of the selfishness. Because everything is temporary. The hurt and the misery and the pain that I was suffering is temporary. What a great heritage to have a nan that sowed in my heart about the Lord Jesus. I knew there was another way. I knew in that time it wasn't me that stopped the trucks. I had to make a decision. And if you're in that position, you do need to make a decision. Don't wait for tomorrow. 25 years ago, I gave my heart to the Lord. And friends, they now have to deal with some other things in my life, like forgiveness. The New South Wales police, prior to my sister's death, weren't on my Christmas cards list. So on, after she passed away, they weren't either. So I had to deal with some serious issues in my life. Because when you are dealing with unforgiveness... It eats you up like a cancer. That's the only way I can really describe it. 
the pain and suffering inside your life. And I tried every liquid you can think of. It didn't help. There's not a drug you can take to numb it down. Jesus saves. We now have a police program that trains Aboriginal young people in, in New South Wales. It's been going for 15 years. It's in the honour name of my sister. We've trained hundreds of police officers who are now in the blue uniform serving our community. What great role models. In the previous service, I met two police officers who came up to me and said, bless you for the work. They understand clearly why they need Aboriginal people alongside them in their community, working across our community. Queensland Police have inquired about this program, Western Australian Police, Northern Territory Police. Police from the UK, Scotland Yard have contacted me. I've spoken to people in the USA. We've now assisted the armed forces to also assist with recruiting our people. We're working with the Australian Federal Police. I bless the Lord every day that he didn't just let me run into a truck. He's going to use me for what my nan said she was going to be used for. You are a leader in our community and you will be a leader for your people. I wish she would have lived another three years or four years and she would have seen her grandson surrender his life to Jesus. But I know and I know that I know that I know that I'll see her again. So friends, let me just encourage you. Let me just encourage you. Unforgiveness. We need to deal with it. You've got people who can help you deal with it. Talk to your partner. Talk to your pop. Talk to your nan. Talk to your uncle and auntie. Talk to your pastor. Talk to your friend. Pray with you. Read with you. Encourage you. Don't let it be a cancer. Men, if we're in that position where we feel lonely, you don't have to be. Because he is with us every step of the way. Grandmothers, don't stop praying. If I could just say this, thank you so much for inviting Janelle and I up uh, to Brisbane. If I could just say this, next time, can it actually be brilliant weather one day and perfect the next? <laughs> what we experienced was really, really bad weather. <laughs> then it got a little bit bumpy for Janelle on the plane. Pray that it'll be a smoother ride going home. But we are just blessed that we could just come to meet you in your place. This is a beautiful, beautiful country. Australia is our home. If you're from overseas, welcome to our country. Welcome to our country. You are very welcome. This is our community. I love the Baptist Community Church name. That is such an awesome name because it is about our community reaches across all parts, no matter what our backgrounds are. And when I look out to you this morning, what a blessing. What a blessing. Love to you all.
And I'll just ask my brother to come up and pray. But on behalf of Janelle and I, we just thank you so much once again. I hope that I've been of some encouragement uh, to you because you have to me. Stay here, man. This weekend, this morning, we've been really blessed, Peter. I want to say that. Um, we want to thank Peter for his vulnerability, his openness. Um, and Jesus is real and life is real and brokenness is real and this is who our God is he's a God that came from heaven into the mess of life <laughs> if your life is well all of our lives is messed up by this world but God is the one who comes he comes into that place and do you see what beautiful stories he writes when someone will come in that broken place and say, Jesus, I can't do it. Jesus, I need you. And from that place, he births something incredible. Isn't that amazing? Police units from all over the world wanting to know what God is doing through a man. And, and Peter would be the first to say, this is Jesus' work in him, a man who was at the end of himself on the side of a road. I just want to say this morning, whether you're here in this auditorium or listening online, if your heart is broken, bring it to Jesus. If your heart is broken, bring it to Jesus because your heart is made for him. As Peter said, where else are you going to go? I can tell you, you probably know yourself, there's nowhere else to go but Jesus is the one who is a great physician to heal human hearts. Is that true? Who can, who can attest to that here today? And so in a moment, I'm gonna pray and uh, we're gonna bring our hearts before God. But there might be some here, maybe some online and you can talk to your hosts online as well. But there, I, I do believe there, there are ones at crossroads you can, you can, ref, you can um, align with this story. You understand it. You know where your human heart is. And I want to encourage you that this Father's Day, as you hear this story, it is not an accident. That your Father in heaven is saying, I love you. And in my Son, Jesus, I have come for you. I have come to heal the brokenhearted. And that offer is there before you right now, today. Today, the good news has come into your life. And as Peter said, it's just a decision, a choice that you make. Say, Jesus, come in. Come, change, come, heal. Come and write a beautiful story out of my life as you have Peter's. So in a moment, I'm going to pray, but just one more time, could we really honour Peter for his vulnerability in his heart to share with us today? Thank you, Peter. Yeah. Thank you, Peter. Thank you, Peter.
We love you, brother. We love you. We love what God's doing in your life. We pray His hand upon you that this might even be the, the first of many amazing chapters, actually, that God continues to use you. And my message to us all is this is what Jesus loves to do in all of our lives, to take our brokenness and to do something special, something that is beyond us. I'm going to pray in a moment, but also I just want to say in this last song, if you can resonate with this, if you're a crossroads at your life, there's a prayer team, pastors here, we would love to pray. And what we're going to pray is that God would come into that brokenness and write a special story in and through your life. So if anyway, God's calling, if God's speaking, if God's calling, do not ignore that. Come, come and bring your heart before God. Come and be prayed for. And we want to see God do uh, amazing things through the brokenness in all of our lives. Let me pray. Lord, this is who you are. I love it, God. I love that you're not a distant God. I love that you're not a religious God. I love it, God, that you're a God who meets us in the midst of the mess and the brokenness of life. You didn't leave us hanging. You came. You were so intentional, God. You didn't just leave us in our mess. But Jesus, you left heaven to come to earth to meet us in the mess and do something incredible through it. That is the story that you write over and over and over again. And I want to thank you, God, that you knew on this day that Peter would come and share. I want to thank you, God, that in all the billions of the people around this world, you know each one of us that's listening right now. I want to thank you, God, that you know our brokenness. We don't need to hide it from you. Lord, you know it. But you're not condemning us. You're not judging us. You reach out and say, let me heal you today. Let me heal you of bitterness. Let me heal you of the unforgiveness. Lord, come and heal. And if that's you this this morning, just open up your hearts before God and maybe you pray with, with me now. Very simply, God, come into my broken heart. Jesus, heal me in the deepest places. Take those emotions, those feelings, those um, burdens, Lord, that I cannot deal with, Lord Jesus. Even in your heart now, hand them to Jesus. Jesus, forgive me of my sin. Jesus, come and renovate my heart and make it beautiful, just as you have Peter's life. Jesus, renovate me. Lord Jesus, I yield. It's important, people. We have to yield to Jesus. Just yield right now. God, I need you. And I want to encourage you, it is God's work, not your work. Just your job is to yield. He'll do the work. Just say, Jesus, I am yours. And I just want to pray for anyone who is struggling with unforgiveness. We forgive because he first forgave us. I want you to know you are forgiven and there is freedom as you forgive others and Jesus helps you in that. It's a process, but he helps you. And if that's you, say, Jesus, help me to forgive that person. Maybe you picture them now, just say, Jesus, I forgive. Help me to forgive. Help me to love that person, Lord. That situation, that circumstance, help me to forgive that your restoration, your life can come into that place of my heart. Lord Jesus, come. 
And Lord Jesus, this is all about You. It's all by You and it's all for You. We're broken people, but we worship an incredible God. You are amazing. You are loving. You are gracious. You come to bring life. You come to bring us out of darkness into light. And so, Lord, we praise You and honour You in Jesus' Name. In Jesus' Name. What an incredible morning. Thank, let's thank Peter once again. Maybe for the very first time you invited Jesus into your life, into your heart. We have these Bible packs that starts that relationship with Jesus. It is a journey and it is the best journey that you will ever have. We've got these Bible packs here. I want you to come and grab one of those. But also as we worship in this last song, and we have a prayer team, the pastors would love to pray. If God has been speaking to you, please come, just invite God into that broken place that he might write something special. Come and get prayed for by this team. I'm sure Peter and Janelle too might be willing just to pray for you as well. Um, Let's do that, church. Let's be soft, soft people. We saw the softness in Peter's heart, didn't we? We appreciated that. Let's be soft people before God. So let's do that. Come and ask for prayer as we continue to worship. Let's stand and worship our great God here this morning.
give a praise to God. He's so good. So good. Let me pray. Lord Jesus, thank You for who You are. It's all about who You are, not who we are. Lord, it's about who You are. And so Lord, help us as a people to be soft before You. Help us to be open before You. Help us to be available for You to write Your story in our lives. That's who we wanna be as a people. Lord, we need Your help. Continue to bring healing and strength, Lord, we pray. Lord, for Your glory, that the people of this broken world will know that there is a God who has come, a God who can restore and a God who can bring life. That's what we pray, that You'll be lifted up and You'll do great things in and through Your church. We thank You and praise You in Jesus' Name. Amen. Let's give one more hand and thanks to God. All glory to God. Please be be seated. It's uh, so good to have you here, Father's Day. Fathers, there are some um, games and competition and activities to play with your kids. Enjoy that. Enjoy Father's Day. If you're here with us for Father's Day, we are so glad you've come. Uh, Please come again. Have a great Father's Day.